Hello and welcome to the Strength to be Human podcast with your host, poet and playwright, Mark Anthony Rossi. In this, our third year, we continue to explore the meaning of being an artist in an ever-changing digital world. Now, without further ado, here is your host. Hi folks and welcome back to Strength to be Human. This is your host, poet and playwright, Mark Anthony Rossi. This is episode 182, Planning Your First Poetry Book. I've had a number of requests for this actually, but and I've been meaning to do it for a while anyway, so I'm happy to, to finally get to this. I know this will be a show that a lot of people were interested in who are just trying to uh, put their books together and, and, and wanted to get some tips or at least some direction, and that's what I'm going to do. Uh, well, we have a number of subtopics in this thing, so it's going to be a, you know, a little bit more involved than, than, than usual. I also uh, keep in mind that as much as I have experience in this topic, and I've done all of this already, and, and, and work with other people who've done their first books too, um, it doesn't mean that everything I have to say is, is the final say on how to put your, your first book together. There's plenty of ways you can go about it. I'll give you some of my ideas and suggestions. Obviously, if you want to go about it in a different direction, you can do that as well. It's just important for you to know. It's not like uh, you're doing it my way or the highway. There's really no such thing. There's always different ways and different paths, you know, in writing. So always keep that in mind. And I always like to remind people of that so they don't feel they're trapped of, I don't know if I could do it this way. I should, well, you only can maybe take some of the stuff I say and use it, and maybe some of it you can't. That's fine, okay? Now, I will point out to you, all right, what, what things I'm talking about are standards, in the marketplace or in the in the craft of poetry and putting a book together that have nothing to do with my opinion. That's just what they are. And there are other things that are my opinion and I'll I'll point those out as well. Okay? Now the very first thing is is one of those standards. Alright? Um a poetry chapbook, which is far different than a poetry book, has anywhere between uh fifteen to maybe thirty Poems. A lot of times it stops at 24. I think just for the uh, the manufacturing sake of putting it together. So it's a good chance that that's where you're going to be stuck at about 24 or less. Okay? But a poetry book is far different. All right? It's usually between 50 and 60 poems. There's a few books, you know, that have a, a larger amount. But as a standard practice in most publishing places, they, they usually start at 50 and usually end around, you know, 60 or, or 70. Usually it doesn't go too much farther than that. All right? It's a lot for folks to read. And oftentimes, unless you, and we'll talk about this on the show, but unless you have really written from the scratch of a certain uh, theme, you know, these are all poems about my travels in France, or these are all poems about the, uh, you know, the death of my loved one, or these are all poems about my thoughts on nuclear energy or whatever, then it's a lot to ask a person to, to go through when oftentimes there's 
not always uh, a cohesive tie to all the, all the different material. I mean, it's it's always well possible that you could be putting together a book of fifty poems that are all different from each other. Other than maybe they've been written, you know, over the last couple of years. But other than that, so and that's always possible too. So you got to keep that in mind as much as possible, okay? Because remember, when you're putting this together, you're also having to consider the uh, the reader. And when you're considering the reader, then you're also considering the editor, who is also usually the publisher, okay? So that's usually the standard, all right? So that's how anybody who even wants to try to put together a poetry book, that's really what you should be going towards, you know? Trying to do all this work and, and having 40 poems, and, you know, and then putting them out there, you know, to a publisher, you might get rejected just because you didn't have enough work to, for them to consider, okay? And um, they might not tell you that. They might just say you should have known and reject you, don't know why. So, I mean, some might, but... You know, most editors just don't tell you what they're, what they're really thinking. So, keep that in mind, okay? 50 to 60 poems at least. That's the general standard. Alright? Now, the next thing, and again, these are going to be standards as well. Alright? I'll give you my opinion in there too, but, you know, I've seen this across the board, okay? A lot of the uh, publishing uh, places don't really want you to have you know, any more than half of the poems already published. Sometimes they literally say a third. So it could be a third to a half. Um, you can check out, you know, if you'd like, various presses, you know, and see, you know, what their requirements are. That's generally what they are. They don't really want to put, you know, a book out or venture to do that into the marketplace when so many of the poems are in individual magazines that people can read for free, you know, on the Internet. And that's usually the reason for that. So... It's not a good idea when you're putting together a book if you have more than half of it already published. Because you're going to have to put an acknowledgement page and they're going to notice that. Okay? And so you don't want that. And if they have an ebook version of it as well, then that platform might notice it automatically because they have a robot that checks that out and then you'll be in trouble that they won't be able to, to publish the ebook version of it. So it's another thing you want to consider and, and be careful about. All right? I know it, it's a, it's a, a, it's a terrible quandary because, I mean, you, you want to write good work and then you want to get the work individually published that helps establish who you are. And ironically, they'll tell you in, in, in the criteria, you know, um, we'd like to see some of these poems published. It helps, you know, lend weight to, you know, what you're doing and, 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 and the book you want to put out and et cetera, et cetera. But then they don't want you to go too far. So it's a weird, weird balance that they're trying to have you do and in the end you don't really know i mean you could stop at you know 15 or 20 poems you know being published out there in individual magazines and then stop for a year or two to get the book published and god forbid if it doesn't get published that's all that time has gone by that you didn't get anything else published those individual poems they're just sitting there now unpublished so that's the chance that you take with that situation just as much as you to take the chance that, you know, um, you went too far, and, and now you got people who are going to reject you because they think too much of your work has already been put out in the public. I know, it's it's not the, the most fun choice to have to be making on all this, I can tell you that. I understand, uh, you know, the frustration of all of it, but that's, that's something you're going to have to be looking at, okay? I mean, because you can't... 
you can't fudge, uh, you know, the acknowledgement page. Only put some of them that you got credit for, and then leave others out. Like they're not going to know, because you know it could be found out. You know, editors talk to other editors and might say, "Hey, I published this guy poem, blah blah blah," and it's not even on the page. You know, they're going to notice, and they're going to be upset that you know you, you did that. And of course, like I said, if they have an ebook version, they're automatically going to notice. You're putting on the acknowledgement page. Uh, that you've gotten 10 poems published and the platform's emailing them saying, yeah, we got like 60 here. <laughs> like the whole book practically. So that's why it's much harder to disguise that and, and it becomes a problem because then it's just a matter of integrity then. And if, if you screw that up, I mean, you just burn a bridge or the place that's just never going to deal with you again. And that's just one down the tube, so to speak. So I don't really recommend that. So you're just going to have to make the choice about what you feel is the um, is the is the best way to go. There's there's not really a clear answer there, other than you know if you want to have a book published, especially in print, you know, or even an ebook these days now, you you, you got to be able to um, control the things that you get published. Maybe. Are there other works you have outside of this book project that you could put together or already have, you know, written that you can go submit? So this way you can keep getting things published and, you know, keep going that route. But at least it won't be part of the book. You can always do that as well. But it's going to be really up to you about what you want to do. I suggested, though, that if this is your, your goal, then that's really the best thing to do. Is, is to follow what their, what their suggestion. If you want to rule the thumb, I, I, I'll give it to you this way, okay? Um, if you have a book of 50 poems, I mean, you really shouldn't have any more than like maybe maybe 15 of them or 20 at the most published, and that's it. Because you think about it, uh, if you have a 50-poem uh, book, 25 is already at 50%. I mean, you're already like past what a lot of them even like. So... You know, if you go 60, then at least it gives you a little bit more room, I guess. I guess you can get, you know, 25 or so without looking so strange. But that's generally the rule. You know, try to keep it at 15 to 20 and, and leave it at that. All right. Next. It's essential for whatever whatever version you're going to get this thing published at, whether it's print or, or ebook. Of course, ebook it's totally essential, but you know they want you to, to formulate a table of contents. So you need to do that and make sure that you know it's part of your book. You don't have to have your own cover art, you know. And some people include it, some people don't. It doesn't really matter. But table of contents is really, really a, a professional a courtesy. It kind of shows that you have a, a lay of the land on the book. Also, it'll help you internally when you're putting this book together because you need to now sort of figure out both uh, the poems that might have a similar theme that you might want to line together and then also uh, there are certain poems that they might have a certain weight or, or gravity to them and others don't and maybe you want to be able to uh, you know offset each other and, and the perfect example is is that you know if you have a more lighthearted poem then maybe it should be followed by a heavier one you know in, in that kind of route you don't want to give people too many lighthearted poems and then hit them with a bunch of heavy stuff later and it's the same thing with the you know with the heavy stuff you know and then they're like 
what the heck? I went from there to there. So uh, it's it's just important to try to, to try to give it some balance. You might want to put a couple that have a certain streak of of a theme or an emotional uh, uh, you know a level, and then others that 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 don't. This way, you kind of give some real space to your work. And, and it gives a lot of people, I feel, both an emotional and intellectual sort of breathing. It lets them have a breather from that, you know? Either a breather of stuff that might be too lighthearted, maybe stuff that's kind of heavy or stuff that's in the middle. That's what you want to do. That's the kind of the table of contents, and that's the kind of setup that you want to do in the book. This way, it, it, it breathes on its own. You're not, you're not taxing people's, you know, uh, patience or time or anything else. You don't want to do that. Because in the end, oftentimes um, on book sites that are selling your book, particularly if it's an ebook version, they they allow the the uh, the peruser of the book to, for free to check out some of the table of contents and maybe even a couple of the the first couple pages of it. So, I mean, you could either excite somebody or turn somebody off just by having it arranged in the wrong way. And they're reading it for free going, oh, no, that's just too much. I can't handle this. And now they don't want to buy it. So in many ways, you arranging this way is, is, is also, in, in a strange kind of way, a marketing tool. But really, in the end, it's helping you arrange things in a way that allows the reader to be able to make a connection and stay with that connection rather than jumping off right away saying this this ride is too fast and it's going to make my stomach spoil you know or i'm getting dizzy from this or uh it went light and then what the heck happened you know so you don't want to have some of these sudden these sudden movements because it means that you're not putting them together correctly and that really can be a big turnoff for for a reader and maybe even for the editor that's initially reading the book it's not their job to rearrange your stuff Hey, I think this number seven could be number four. I think 28 should be. They're not doing that. They're expecting you that you've done all this already. You've done all the work, and, and it's supposed to be ready for them to check out. So if they notice that, it could be a reason you get rejected just for that. And then you have to live with that. So it's important to try to put that together and arrange it in a way that's going to make it more accessible. Oftentimes, people will uh, send it over to a friend that, or two, hey, what do you think about this arranger? Read read this and what do you think? Should it be here, blah, blah, blah. Sometimes having a second or third opinion is a big help in that. It really is. So keep that in, in, in mind, okay? In order to be able to have a project that makes that makes some real emotional, if not intellectual sense. You know, because unless, like I said, unless we... Uh, Unless you put something together from completely from scratch, where you won't have to worry about that because it already falls into order, then you, you're really taxed to have to put the order yourself. And sometimes that's not easy because sometimes you might you might be top heavy in one you know one form or one category than another. And I've known plenty of writers that said, "Hey, Mark, I got like seventy poems, but I think maybe only forty out of them." really going to kind of fit what I'm trying to get done here and the other 30 won't so now it leaves me I have to maybe write another 10 or 20 poems which is a real possibility that could definitely happen and you have to consider that because the arrangement has to 
not only seem uh, emotionally available and, and intellectually and, and, and uh, you know wise, but it also has to feel natural and and, and uh, or organic. It, it has to feel like it already has the flow, almost like you intended it already. So if it doesn't feel that and you're trying to force that, you know that might not read too well as you know too. And then you know you got to deal with that. So try to keep that in mind. Uh, when you have to um, arrange these, make sure you arrange them that where they make some real sense. Now, what I've noticed is once people work on that arrangement to get that balance, then really they need to review the work itself because you'd be surprised at how many people, when they're putting together the the, the first poetry book. They're thinking in the big terms of, does this flow, does this work, this is a great title for the book, you know, blah, 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 it's my table of contents, does it look good, is it all set up, and that's important, don't get me wrong, it is, it's not like you're not supposed to think about that, but sometimes thinking in that big way, you forget about what's the most important, which is that, is the poem ready to go for the book? So oftentimes it's important to reread your works. Make sure that if there's nothing that you can change or edit it or, or spruce up or make stronger, then do it right there. Because you're not going to have that time. Once you send it out, you know, you, it could be out four or five different places. And again, you start getting rejections. You know, you'd be surprised later on. You get back and look at it and go, wow, I could have improved that. Or wow, I could have did this differently. So a lot of times it's not just about you know a problem with the arrangement. It could be a problem with the poetry itself because you could be uh, putting in there poems that maybe you, um, you you wrote a year ago. Some of them not even have been published yet. So you haven't revisited to look at them, see if they need to be you know amped up or ramped up or, or changed or brought to date or upgraded or whatever term you want to use. You know, they might need that. And I know it's a little extra work to do, but again, it, when you're doing it, you're doing it not only as an artist and, and as a professional, but in many ways you're doing it as an additional investment for the project you're putting out. So there's nothing wrong with doing that, but you should always look at that carefully and make sure that um, the work is, is, is solid, and that you feel good about it. And make sure that the titles, you know, or, or, or snappy and poetic and interesting, you know. As you know, with aerial, you know, chart, I'm really uh, on top of people with titles. I don't like boring ones. I don't like cliche ones. You know, I don't like one word ones that you know we've seen twenty thousand times already. Just because you have this uh, project together and it's your book, it doesn't mean that you you now have the permission to be boring. So having a poem, you know, called Gay, or a poem called Night. Or a poem called Dog or something. It doesn't exactly help you on, on trying to get this book together. You know, and people are saying, really? You know, when they're reading this as an editor and, and saying, come on. So it's a, it's real important that you, you also make sure that you you got some work that has some snappy titles. It's not wrong, and it's been done plenty of times before, as long as you acknowledge it, that you've kind of got a poem published that was solid. And people liked it, and they published it. But later on, you, when you put it in the book, you, you feel that the title may not really carry all the way it should have. Or maybe you have a better title in mind. You can retitle it. 
It's just that when you put it in the acknowledgments, you know, you're going to, you're going to pretty much say, you know, um, Jimmy goes to the drugstore was published as, you know, Big Jimmy, you know, in this publication at this date and whatever. That's all. So they know that it was published, just published in it in with, a, with a different title. So you could do that. There's nothing wrong with doing that. You know, believe it or not, sometimes an editor is not so keen about a title. Uh, when they're publishing something individually, they might just love the poem. But the title could suck, maybe. And you realize it later on, and you don't want to have your project down the way. Especially when you got a credit you would put in there. Or especially if you feel strong about that poem in itself. So it, it's definitely important that you do that. And make sure that when you do do that, not only do you acknowledge it, but make sure it makes sense. I, I'm not really saying that you should be making all these changes because somehow, you know, change is, is the greatest thing or, or change is going to make the book better or to make the poem better. Either. I mean, they have to be changes that you feel warranted. They have to be changes that, that, are, that are strong that make sense. It's just not change for the... For the fun of, of making a change. That's never a good thing either. Right? So definitely keep that in mind. Alright? Alright, next over here. After we've done um, making sure how many poems we have. Making sure they're in good theme and all of that. And even making sure that um, you're, you're, you're editing them. You're, you're making sure the titles are okay. You, you have the table contents all put together. You know, then you want to do you want to do a good good read of it. You know, read it from from one end to the other. Again, it'll help you to find if there's any mistakes or if there is any any uh, issues with the uh, how it flows. You know, it definitely uh, helps when you um, when you want to put a final touch on everything because this way. You can make some some slight, or maybe even if you need to, uh, better or bigger adjustments before you finally have this project, you know, put together, you know, in a, in an organized fashion. Now, one of the things that I noticed when people were putting their first books together is they thought that the acknowledgement page, you know, which has all the credits from things that have been. Uh, you know, published before, they thought that that really is sort of like tells something about the, the writer. But, you know, in many ways, it doesn't. It tells something about the poems in the book that were published, but it doesn't really tell much about the writer. I mean, because when you think about it, what does it really say? You know, Jimmy did this poem, he sent it to this place, and they, they published it. That's all they get from that. So I really find that it's important to put in the back of the book a little little blurb about about the author. I always do it. I always encourage people to do it. I really think that it helps that they know a little bit about you, you know? Jimmy uh, used to be an editor of a literary publication. He now went on to doing some musical shows. He's written poetry and has been published in a number of, of journals over the last couple of years. And this is his first effort. You know, and if you have some theme or some some real project name for it that it's going in a certain direction, you can mention that. You know, I mean, this is about, you know, um, endangered species in Africa or whatever. You know, put that in there. It tells a little bit about who you are. 
it helps the uh, I feel the the editor and the publisher to know a little bit of, about you horror and it might even help in, in your own marketing a, a end of things especially if you're doing something okay so put that in there you know sometimes uh, they give you an exact page count if they decide to uh, accept your project and it, it could be that you know an about the author page will literally take the the, the place of one of your poems so be it I still think it's a, a good a good sacrifice because the people should know a little bit about you. They're going to be spending some time with the work and, and spending some money for it. I mean, so when they should have something about you, that makes no sense. All right. All right. The last thing about uh, these 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 projects and these these first books is, is marketing, okay? We'll talk about that briefly, and hopefully some of it makes any sense to you. I'm not one of those people... Regardless if you want to market it or not, it's up to you and, and, and how you want to do all this and, you know, how, what kind of impact you have. You're going to find, though, that many publishers expect you to have some kind of a marketing plan. A lot of times they won't even accept your project if you don't. So I really think that it's important for you to have some kind of author's uh, page on the Internet, little website, even if it's just a basic one, so that you, you can direct people that might check it out to where your book is, is being sold. Okay, uh, a lot of times they want you to have some kind of social media presence, maybe a Facebook page or Instagram or something like that. I think that's important to do as well. Okay, you're going to find out that book reviews, whether they be print or not, are extremely important, especially if you get uh, either the entire project just ebook or is just part of its efforts or ebook. You know, you got these platforms that have review sections. So, you know, you want to be able to get uh, people out uh, a review copy, which, uh, you know, the publisher can send over to them via email. They can download the book, read it, and then they can put a little blurb in the, in the review section. A couple of reviews, especially if they're positive, they make a big difference on sales, especially on ebooks. Now, let me be wrong. Book reviews for print books are still important. They just don't have the same sales impact as, as uh, the e-books do because they're much more immediate. By the time you know, a, a book review is written and, and sent out for somebody to get published, it could be months before the book's already out, before somebody even sees a review on it. So that's one of the, uh, you know, the downsides to, to print. It's not as immediate as, as e-books. But it is important that you stay on top of this, making sure that you have, you know, you have friends or, or, or people in, in the writing world that are willing to do something on your behalf. Writing a review, writing a blurb, getting some other people to notice about it, mention it on their blog, all that sort of stuff. Hey, do an interview about it, you know, on a show like this, or even in a written interview. So these things are important. You're going to find they're important for the publisher because they have certain things they want you to do anyway. And you're also going to find that's important for you because it's a lot of work to put all this together. It's a lot of work to find a publisher. And I always find that people in the end, they betray themselves and everybody who's working to help them if they just sit around and do nothing and complain, why is my book not selling? Well, your job is to make sure that people know about it. That's not the publisher's job. That's the writer's job. So you have to do that. You have to have a, a plan already in, 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 you know, uh, going forward, whether that is uh, an author's website or having other people help you publish it and put blurbs about it on, the, on Facebook and places like that, you know, having the ebook platforms mention it, all of that. All that stuff is going to be necessary to do. 
You know, if you have a little email list of people you know that you stay in contact with, you know, send them all an email. Hey, I got this book coming out. Here's the link. Here's what it costs. Blah, blah, blah. Check it out, please. All of that's going to be necessary for you to do if you want to get a book out. And quite frankly, um, as much as work that there is involved in planning and putting together and successfully getting your first book of poetry published, without trying to sound nasty over here, if you're not willing to work hard on the marketing of it, you know, it could be your last book too. Because folks are not going to give you another chance you know, if it looks like you haven't taken it seriously. So it's really important that you take the marketing part of it just as seriously as, as anything else. Okay? Because this is not like the old days. These days, you have to do all of this sort of stuff. You're lucky you get a publisher to do so. You got some out there that are independent. They pretty much swamp a lot of people, but they'll still read stuff. You got a lot of the academic ones. A lot of times they have a window of a few months in a year that they do things. Understand academic publishers tend to only pr print academic people. And they literally look at your credits and in your bio. So if you're not that academic, you're going to have a harder chance of getting published. I'm not saying don't send it. I'm just saying that that's something to keep in mind. Particularly since just about all of them want you to pay them money. $10, $15, $25 just to read your book. So to me, I always thought it was a slap in the face that I got to pay somebody first to read this. And then I got to deal with the fact that the overwhelming odds are, unless you're not already in the academic world or to have all these millions of academic credits, they're probably not going to pick you anyway. So you're spending money and time for nothing. And that's something to consider. I'm not suggesting don't send it to them. It's your money and it's your time. I'm just telling you, that's my experience, and that's my experience with lots of other people I talk to on a regular basis. It's much harder to do because they're extremely prejudicial about these sort of things. It's unfortunate, but that's the way it is. Some people will go the independent route where you get it, create it yourself, and uh, come up with your own little press name, and then you get a bunch of copies, and you go out there and you sell them. You sell them in a garage sale, or you know, a comic book convention, or a library or a bar or there's all kinds of different places you can sell books that's what some people do and that's how they make their money back and more and get their get their work out there there's nothing wrong with that as well you can go the ebook route which of course you know entails somebody publishing on the ebook understand it's not a print book lots of people like to have their first book in print they like to feel it feel their success feel it makes it more valid than ebook I don't really feel there's a difference. Most of that has just to do with us being used to something that's not in print. But other than that, it's, to me, it's just as valid. But the ebook thing is much different because, you know, you have to have a good description written in there to attract people. You have to have a, a really wonderful cover. You know, you got to get, get make sure that link's out there. You send it all different places from people to publicize it so they can check it out. You know, and, and, you know, you can sell some copies and do well with it if, if you'd like. But it's a, it's a different it's a different creature and a different animal in, in the whole thing because it's, um, it's, it's much more reactive. You don't have as much time to, to impress somebody, you know, so to speak. But it's valid and it's a, it's a good way to start. So there's nothing, there's definitely nothing wrong with that. Okay? All right, folks, hopefully this has helped you to kind of give you just some, some pointers on how you want to consider putting together, you know, your first uh, poetry book. Understand, I'm not one of those people that say, you know, um, you've only written 55 poems, you shouldn't put a book out. No. You have a right to do what you want. And as long as you understand 
as much as you can understand, you know, what you're facing, you know, the marketplace, uh, how you're going to market it, what you're going to do, the kind of material you have. So it's really a, a personal thing to do. I mean, quite frankly, and what's the point of writing for a couple of years and calling yourself a writer if you don't have at least one book out in your name? To me, so it's a natural thing to do. You know, it's almost as just as natural as, you know, being married for a couple of years and then finally saying, you know, I think we should have a, a kid. It's just that natural. So it's, to me, that's exactly what a book is. It's it's the birth of your, of your first poetic child. So do your best to take care of it and not neglect it or, or not take it for granted because you just don't know if you're going to have another chance. So you want to do everything you can to make that as successful as possible. All right, folks, until next time, I wish you a, a good evening there. And hopefully this has definitely been helpful for you. I know a lot of people have asked for it, so I wanted to see whatever I can do be it to be of uh, some assistance since I do have a, a lot of experience on this particular topic, and, and I wanted to do whatever I can to, to help. So hopefully I, I've done that. All right, folks, good night. God bless. Mark Anthony Rossi, episode 182, Planning Your First Poetry Book. God bless and good night. Thank you for listening. Follow the show and support our efforts by visiting our sponsors at www.strengthtobehuman.com or purchasing an ebook at www.somapublishing.com.